0: Welcome aboard, TTA Travelers. We hope you enjoy Tomorrowland Transit Authority's Super Skyway. Scanners detecting more trouble in Sector 9. No doubt it's the work of that nefarious criminal, the sworn enemy of the Galactic Alliance, the evil Emperor Zerg.
1: Before we begin, we would like to make the minor control adjustments. <laughs> Oops.
2: Oh, something broke. Hold on one moment, please. Just a moment. Thank you. W. DW Radio. Your information
0: station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio show. Your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 711. And together, as we have been since 2005, we're going to celebrate the magic of the Disney parks, movies, Marvel, Star Wars, and more here on the podcast, my weekly live video on Facebook every Wednesday night, events, blog, and more. Please be sure to join the community, subscribe to the podcast, and find everything else at www.radio.com. So I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your emails about topics including father-son activities in Walt Disney World, Disney's Contemporary Resort, and a discussion of possible themed rooms in Disney Resorts, which I want to hear your opinion on as well, secret lounges, crowd levels, and best times to visit Walt Disney World, and a Disney Dream Trip around the world. Stay tuned for our Disney Trivia Question of the Week And more updates at the end of the show, including information about our very first, very special Nat Geo adventure coming up later this year. And if you like what you hear, please share the show and tell a friend. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. It's time once again to open up the email inbox and answer your questions to help you plan, prepare, and answer your pressing questions about where to go, what to do, where to eat, and even the how, why, when, where, what's new, what's next, or fun, about Disney details, history, trivia, and really just about anything you like. I was going to make a reference about you asking questions and we being like an answering machine in the 80s until I realized that you listening might not have any idea what an answering machine even is. And speaking of someone else, who is also stuck back in time, more like the 30s than the 80s, is Becky Mankin from Mouse Van Travel.
2: Wow, really? The 30s? All right, now I'm lost for words, and I don't know what's Well, it's
0: appropriate, is. because here we are, we're sitting outside at the beautiful Disney's Boardwalk Resort, which, which coincidentally enough, is like taking a step back into I love this resort. I love the lobby of this resort. I love the what is the what is the name of the chandelier inside the boardwalk lobby.
2: There's a chandelier inside the boardwalk lobby. Wow. <laughs> Again, totally kidding. I have no idea though.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love the 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 old sort of Atlantic Seaboard coastal. We did a show back way back when with Jim Quirkus, where we talked all about the history of this resort and Luna Park, and some of the cool details you can find inside, including the two creepy kid chairs. Okay, that's really cool
2: because they are creepy. What are they called? They're the creepy kid chairs. And wait, oh, that would be the trivia contest this week. Okay, good. That sounds good. It'll be the trivia contest. What, what are the? the... Weird... <laughs> but the weird thing is, is it Christmas? they're still there. <laughs> it's, it's like one of those things that shouldn't be there for some reason, but yet they're still
0: there. Well, they should be there because of okay. what they are okay. and what they represent. I'll have Please to tell us. I will do the trivia thing because the name of the chair represents the function of the chair. What's light? on the what's on the back of the chairs? Um, the sunshine? I don't know. There's names. Are there really? There are. Wait, wait.
2: I've never to look so at there's me.
0: two. There's one on either side of the fireplace totally and the boardwalk. Googling like, this. stop with the Googles. <laughs> stop them with the Googling. It's a super weird Zoolander <laughs> reference. Those are not the only two nanny chairs in the boardwalk resort. Okay. I have oh not. Oh my know. God, I just gave it away. I just called them <laughs> nanny chairs. Well,.
2: You must start this over because No, no, we're going to keep right. going. So now I'm going to no, no, no. the
0: trivia contest question is going to be what is the name of the chandelier in the boardwalk?
2: I line? thought that the the chairs were going
0: to be something like Bill and George or or there are names on the back of them. They're called nanny chairs because when when well-off couples would have like a nanny take their children to like the carousel or the boardwalk, it would be the place the nanny would sit.
2: That sounds like a pretty practical use. <laughs>
0: Moving on to the inbox. We're just going to just move forward. The first question comes from Victoria, and I am reading this verbatim. Hey, Lou, in parentheses, and Becky question mark. My husband and I will be meeting our father-in-law and brother in Orlando for a four-night trip to Walt Disney World. I am desperate. She says desperate for your advice on how to make this trip extra special for two conflicting reasons. the This is my DVC member father-in-law's first trip to the parks in almost eight years. Needless to say, a lot has changed, and our first time going on a trip with just him. He's really looking forward to this vacation, and I'm sure he'd love some ideas for splitting off with my husband for some one-on-one time. It's also my not-so-baby brother's first time to any Disney park ever. He's a freshman in college this year, and I'm excited to give him an amazing trip to offset all the challenges he's faced this year. I know it won't be the same experience I'm used to, but luckily, he won't know any better. I'm excited to break off one-on-one with my little brother as well. So my questions are these. There's not one, but two. What do you recommend for an older father-son duo to do on their own in the parks, resorts, or springs, preferably at night? What are some things for a teenage boys, in quotes, first time to the parks that an older Disney dad with a long history in the parks will still enjoy? You plan on hitting Springs, Magic Kingdom, Studios, Animal Kingdom. They're going, wait, they're going to Raglan Road. Be our guest in Whispering Canyon. Which I dig. I almost forgot. We also arrive on my birthday. Help me, Lou Mangiello. You are my only hope. So the two questions, Becky, are: What do you recommend for an older father-son duo to do on their own at the parks, resorts, or Disney Springs at night? And then we'll take the one, the other one, second. Um, I actually really like this because, as somebody who has a 17-year-old son, it, your relationship with your child as they get older changes. And the things that you want to do go from taking them places to doing things with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I have my answer right off the bat. While you're doing the Googling, I will give you, I'll give you the first thing that came to mind because it's something I did with my son a year or so ago. And it's one of my favorite experiences and memories. And especially if you guys or he is a Star Wars fan, going to uh, Savi's Workshop, and doing the lightsaber building experience with your son, even if he builds it and you watch, which is what I did, it was a powerful, memorable, and especially, like, at that reveal and watching the reveal and watching my son's face, it was very emotional for me. Like, I I love that. And he not only has the sort of physical takeaway of the lightsaber, but even we talked about this the other day, like, he remembers the experience more than the item he took away from it.
2: Yeah, I could tell that that was something that was really special for you, especially because the two of you have bonded over Star Wars since he was probably in the womb at that point. You were probably singing the the Star Wars theme as he was growing. Um, I'm going totally outside of the parks, though, because I'm thinking I have three things that we've specifically done for father-son outings. Um, One of them is, and it obviously depends on... um, if people are physically able to do it, but the Safari Africa track is a really good experience over in the animal kingdom that you can do as part of this, um, not quite private, but a small group that goes through uh, and has a close and personal experiences along the Safari. And I know that you've done that one too. That's been a, a big hit for families who want to
0: do something outside of the park. My son asked to do that for his 16th birthday, and, and, I, and I've done Wild Africa Trek now three times. It is a remarkable experience, worth every penny. Pro tip, if you cannot not do it in the middle of the summer, you're going to have a little bit of a better experience.
2: Yes, I would agree with that, and do the early morning one, too, if you can. Um, another one for an older father and son, which we set this up for actually my stepfather, and um, and some of his family members, they went fishing. They did the fishing excursion at one of the, on one of the lakes, which happens early morning. And if they really love to fish, it was difficult for my stepfather because he wasn't, he's not really a theme park guy. So I got him here with that lure of come over, come fishing. And he was really excited about that. Had a great time. So that's another thing families can do together. Um, if they're not quite theme park people. Um, another one that I was thinking that, that I've seen families do is the Amplicar, um ride over at Disney Springs. Doing that together as a, a father and son type of outing would be fun as well.
0: And I have even something that incorporates three of my favorite things, um, dining, snacks, and food. And you don't need to plan anything in advance. You can even just do like a restaurant crawl, like getting appetizers from a few different places in Disney Springs. I would highly recommend Jock Lindsay's, The Boathouse, and Morimoto, which is in that perfect sort of holy trinity of restaurants right in the center of Disney Springs. But go have an appetizer. If he's old enough, have a drink or a non-alcoholic drink. It's just this, it's not about the thing that you do. It's about the, oh, I'm going to get all choked up. It's about the, the bonding time that you spend together. And she also asked, what are some things for a teenage boys, first time to the parks, that an older Disney dad with a long history at the parks will still enjoy, um as I was reading the question, I think that it's not about going to do the paid experience. I would show him the classics. I would show him the ones that I'll put myself in that, that I grew up with, right? And share stories about going the first time with his parents or his wife or whatever, not just stories about the attractions and, and like me, I have a Pension for sharing useless Disney trivia when I take people, but stories about, I remember the first time I wrote this with my mom, and my dad loved this attraction, and this used to be here. Those are going to be the things that is going to be the emotional connective tissue.
2: So that later on, when he can show his son, my father introduced me to this Um, this ride or this attraction or or this experience within Walt Disney World. I think that that is how we've all kind of come to love Disney because our parents or other people in our family introduce us to these things. And for me, since my father is now gone, I walk into those gates and I really feel his presence. So
0: for me, that's an amazing thing that you can pass on to your family. I'm going to move on to a question from, and I would love to hear... You, who's listening and, and along here with us, sitting at the virtual table outside of the boardwalk with us, if you have a suggestion, you can leave that in the clubhouse at ww.com slash clubhouse. Call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 and leave your suggestions or things that you've done in the past as well. Next question comes from Jay Ronaldo. He says, big fan of yours. Jay, you're a fan. You're a friend, not a fan, and I watch your stuff all the time. I've written before, but here's my question. <laughs> I I know Becky's answer to this right off the bat. Uh Early August at Disney, is it tolerable? No. She's going to say no, it is not.
2: At (laughs) Disney World? (laughs) World, yeah. Well. It can be if you do the right things.
0: Becky, you actually have to go outside at some point. Um, I know it's subjective. My wife is more heat sensitive than I am. Um, Trying to avoid May and the love box. It's a long email, so I'm going to sort of go through it. We're thinking about a mini short trip stay at Polly DVC two or three nights, Love the Polynesian, could live there. Then head to beach club where the beach breeze might. Oh, to the beach where the beach might be a little temperature friendly. Do the parks early and later pool or something inside during midday. What are your thoughts, uh, Jam? I'm gonna forgive you a first um, answer, which is if you go back to show 368, I did a show called How to Keep Cool and Beat the Heat in Walt Disney World. We share a lot of tips as well as things to do. My best recommendation to you is very simple: breaks good. Heat stroke and meltdowns, bad. (laughs) (laughs) Taking breaks and avoiding the midday is critical in addition to staying hydrated. Like, bring a a bottle to to refill throughout the day so you don't have to worry about spending money for for water. But getting out of the sun, getting into the A.C., not just in the parks, but even sort of taking a full-blown break between 11 and 3 might not only save your day it might save your marriage as well
2: (laughs) for those who are very heat sensitive like myself if i do have to be in here in summer which i try to avoid it like the plague because it can be a little overwhelming um i will go out in the mornings and when that midday 11 ish starts hitting go back to the resort Have a pool day, be inside, go to lunch, do something that's going to get you out of the heat and then go back out after the sun goes down. Um, Another thing he did mention that he was DVC, which means he'll have access most likely um, if they're in a one bedroom above to a freezer, you can freeze some bottles of water and then take that out with you in the daytime so at least you can have something to put on your neck if you get uh, a little uncomfortable. But yeah, it's it's a little bit oppressive here when you have the heat and humidity. Uh, but if you take the breaks and you do the things to help yourself stay a little cool, stay out of the heat, try not to do park's commando style because that's not going you're not going to have a good time if you do that. Um you can still have a wonderful break here. And I do like your idea about going to the beach because there's a lot of wonderful experiences out at Vero Beach and other locations that you can take in a little bit more of the sea breezes.
0: Yeah, even here in Orlando, what's nice is that you're sort of like dead in the middle. So whether you want to hit East Coast, I'm more of a West Coast. I like the Gulf a little bit more. Accessing the beaches is very, very accessible. So if you fly into Orlando, you have about an hour, hour and a half ride East or West to hit a beach if you want to go for a day or two. So it's a really nice way... To break up a Walt Disney World vacation, too.
2: Yeah, or you can do an Alaska Adventures by Disney and feel very comfortable <laughs> for the
0: entire. Yeah, Becky, this you, I'll, I'll get you a, a globe, but Alaska is actually not close. To, you can't drive to Alaska from yeah, here. There's there are planes for these types of. <laughs> We're gonna move on. To, sure. <laughs> uh, Gabe and Emily Crow from New Springfield, Ohio, write in and say, "Hey Lou, first off, thanks for all you do and bring to those of us who need a little bit of that Disney magic every day." My wife and I are fulfilling one of our dreams, staying at Disney's Contemporary Resort this April for our baby moon. Congratulations, first of hopefully many future Disney lovers. We've listened to show 485, the top 10 secrets and stories of the contemporary, but I wanted to know if anything has changed since 2017 that wasn't covered in the show that we should do. Seeing as we're probably not going to be staying there anytime soon, and it's one of our bucket list resorts, we want to ensure. We're not missing out on anything, and I can't think of anyone better than to ask you. Thank you. Hope to see you at the Boathouse. Well, you are, in fact, in luck. Not just because that utility cart is coming by, which you hear in the background, but there have been a lot of changes and significant changes to the contemporary since 2017. Most specifically, the theming of the rooms and really sort of the resort itself, um, the incredible overlay which is um taking place as part of the 50th as a whole disney wanted to sort of not just change the the feeling in the rooms but throughout this resort and it's sort of based on this philosophy of what the resort represented at the beginning even when it was the tempo bay resort briefly and then contemporary is this idea of the optimistic spirit with this retro modern aesthetic facing towards Tomorrowland. There's a reason why it is positioned where it is. And they've done a complete nine-story refurb of not just the rooms, but the exteriors as well. So you get this blending of the, the monorail, which is obviously such an integral part of the design, but the integration of characters from The Incredibles. And you can even see that out in the, the hallways. There's Again, this is sort of a nod to the past with those bright reds and bright oranges, which make me think of the old um, arcade down below. But there's also that, again, that sort of retro-modern squares and circles and and triangles that give it a retro-modern sort of futuristic look. It's inside where the rooms have taken on a whole new personality. And like the introduction of IP or not into the rooms, I think especially for kids— it is a huge guest satisfier when they walk in and they see not just incredible, Incredibles colors, but artwork on the walls. When you open up the closet doors, there's artwork on the back of the hanging of the Incredibles um, superhero costumes and the masks sort of on the shelf up above. But I actually think the contemporary shines in the lobby. I, I think the lobby is absolutely beautiful, beautiful how it's been redone uh the wave of american flavors is now steakhouse 71 which is a not so hidden but still sometimes hidden gem of dining we did a lunch review there a couple of years ago it's fantastic the um smash burger the stack burger is delicious the breakfast is outstanding and i haven't been there yet for dinner if only there was somebody oh my
2: anybody oh, who would now?
0: go have a steak this is why it's great to do this in person because
2: then i can like yell at you and hit you because you're right in violence in is
0: never an option <laughs> um but i do i think i think the the lobby and some of the artwork and even in the hallway leading into steakhouse 71 with pictures of pre-opening and opening day of walt disney world it, i i love the sense of nostalgia and the the touches of walt disney world history Real American history from the, the late 50s, early 60s. The, the super clean lines and modern vibe inside the lobby. Um, I, I actually really like the update. that it was sort of that retro modern furniture in mm-hmm. um, that sort of waiting area.
2: Yeah, and I love the way it was elevated. So it, it didn't um, completely take over what was. So it's still familiar, but it was an elevated look and feel to the aesthetic inside. The rooms... I, there's a couple of choices that they made that I'm kind of wondering why they did what they did, but for fam- like what, like what kind of? Oh well, they took away the desk, so I really did like the way that it was laid out previously, where you had that long desk and you could work from it if you needed to, but you also had storage space on top of that shelf. Um, taking that away, of course, gave it a little bit more room in the room. However, it's less functional for. Me, anyway. Others probably find it, it better because there's more room for them to move around and store things. Um, the nods to, of course, The Incredibles are very cute. And some of them are subtle and some of them are not so subtle. So I, I do think that they did a really good job of um, of bringing in that IP without making it so saturated that you felt like you were in the middle of the of the movie.
0: Yeah, because I think... You know, what's interesting about the Contemporary and some of the other resorts as well is that there is not just the family and, and vacation element. There is the convention element, too, because it has a large convention center. And if you do want here's a little bonus tip, not that this is what you're looking for. But if you do want a place to go and um, get some work done, you could actually go uh, on the the fourth floor the third floor where you have um, the walkway into the convention. There's a lot of, like, couches there and some tables there and a couple of quiet spots to work or take a business call if you need to as well. Do you like, I'm asking you, Becky, mm-hmm. and you, our friend, the listener, do you like and or want to see more introduction of, and I hate sort of calling it IP, it sounds so, yeah. t- sounds so sterile and corporate, but do you like the idea of introducing characters from movies and attractions and theming rooms throughout the resorts the way they've done in the past and some of them have been tests that have come and gone pirate themed rooms princess themed rooms um haunted mansion themed rooms were supposed to be a thing and never sort of came to pass uh, for one reason or another, but do you like and would you like to see more of that? Not necessarily for all the rooms, but some rooms.
2: For some rooms, absolutely, because I think that that's one of the things that helps the Disney resorts stand apart from just a resort that's down the street, or the Marriott across the way, or the Sheraton over here, is that you are staying in something that does kind of engulf you in a little bit of magic, or a little bit of something extra that you might not get. Um, It's really easy to just stay off property now, and... Granted, it's no secret that there's uh, some of the things that we used to enjoy by staying on property are no longer available to us. So they do need some things to encourage people to stay on property. And the introduction of IP, because when when your little boy loves pirates and they can stay in a pirate room, that's magical for a family or... If you have the family that love The Incredibles and being able to stay in there, that's very cool. I don't think that they need to do the entire resort in something like that because it might not fit for some people. They might not need that, like me, if I'm traveling on my own. It's very cool to see, but not something that I want to pay extra for. Um, I do like, I mean, here at the Boardwalk, where you do have the overall theming of the Boardwalk Appeal, that is incredibly cool as well. Um I would just rather see some sort of in-depth theming overall than to just have a regular hotel
0: room, you know? So I think the resorts, let's sort of, let's go down this rabbit hole because I think the resorts are obviously themed, right? I think the boardwalk has this, and and there's been this rolling refurbishment, right? About every seven years or so, all the resorts sort of go through refurbishments. We've seen it at, at Yacht and Beach Club and some of the other resorts, Caribbean Beach, Which I like because it's sort of the the theming in the room reflects the theming of the overall Mm -hmm. resort. The idea of more heavily themed character and movie and uh, um, story based rooms like a pirate themed room, like a haunted mansion themed room. Would you pay extra, right, if there was 10, 20, 30, whatever the number is, if there's a limited number of rooms that are when you walk in, it's not you know, a a caramel meat theme. It is that sort of very sort of heavy pirate theme room. Would you or would do you think families would pay extra? for that level of theming and immersion.
2: Yeah, I absolutely think they would if they're attracted to that theme or immersion. So, for example, I could look right into your eyes and say, would you pay $50 no. extra a night to stay in a, a Spider-Man-themed room? Of course you would. Don't play with my emotions. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the point. You have a little girl who's really into Anna and Elsa, and, of course, as a mom or a dad, you're going to say, wouldn't this be extra magical and special if she could stay in this room that's themed this way? So I, I think that there is something to be said for it on a limited basis at the resorts, but again, not covering the entire...
0: Like, I'm thinking, so I love Port Orleans French Quarter, I love New Orleans, I love the resort itself, I love all the things about it. Imagine having some Tiana-themed rooms, some Bayou-themed rooms, a Dr. Facilier, like, cool, like, I and mean, I think there's a lot that you could potentially do with that in
2: right. some... Which is what they actually kind of did on a higher level scale over at Disneyland where they did the signature suites where they took five or six different rooms and one is a sleeping beauty room and one is the pirate room. But it's, it's so over the top. But of course, those are a little out of many of our, um, budgets to stay, but to do that on a smaller scale, that would be, you know, pretty cool to be able to get your hands on those, especially for those families. I mean, we're lucky. We're, we're here all the time. There's families that, that save for five years to be able to come here and to be able to deliver an experience to their kids that is something that's going to really hit their heart and make them remember. All right, so way back when at the, at the Disneyland Resort, they had, don't laugh, an aliens-themed hotel. Right, it wasn't Disney, but it was right outside. And the thing that I remember most, that's we stayed.
0: There. We're at the Bellevue Lounge, Becky has been drinking. Just.
2: <laughs> no, seriously. The bus was themed with antenna on it. It really was it was so cute. And I remember that. I was seven years old. And I totally remember being part of, of that and having that theming around me was something that was very cool, stuck in my head and to this day is something I remember. Um but imagine again those those children who really love Mickey and being able to stay in a Mickey-themed room or something of that nature would just really
0: elevate the experience. I really want to sort of, I'm really curious to hear, literally hear the thoughts of you who is listening. I think we'll either bring this up on a Wednesday night live mm. show, I'll let, let you know in advance, because I would love to hear not just your thoughts about IP in in the resorts, but I would love to hear a little armchair imagineering from you. Some thoughts and ideas that you have of what sort of themed rooms can and would you put where. There's nearly 30 resorts to choose from on property with a wide variety of themes. What kind of rooms would you like to see in what resorts? This is something we'll put a pin in and come back to on a a future episode of the show or during a Wednesday night live show. But let's move on because Garrett Longhoffer has a question. He says, Lou, By the way, Garrett, oh, Garrett, wait, was just on the most recent episode, the Top Ten with Tim. Garrett, by the way, who is a restroom, clearly he's a restroom connoisseur. My wife works for Hewlett Packard Enterprise, and she was informed that there is an, this is the word that caught me for Becky's eye, exclusive lounge. Ooh. (laughs) Calm down. For HPE in Galaxy's Edge. She had a book with a corporate liaison at Disney, so we would go check it out when we're at Disney's Hollywood Studios next month. I wanted to ask how many of the corporate lounges are there in Walt Disney World, and, and have you ever been in any of them? What kind of cool things can I expect to see when we go? Also, if you have like pictures, I'll be more than happy to send them to you. Thank you, Garrett. This, I love this question, because this is like the super secret thing that some people know about, and it's appropriate because I actually recently went to, for the very first time, the Hewlett-Packard Lounge in Galaxy's Edge. A friend of mine, and I won't I won't say their name only to sort of protect their identity, but I just don't know if they would want or not, said, hey, have you ever been to the lounge at Disney's Hollywood Studios? At first, I thought they meant maybe the 33 lounge, which Becky was nice enough to invite me to once, the old catwalk bar, which I dig. Or and I was like, no, no, no. They said, no, this one's in Galaxy's Edge. That was my face too. As I'm reading the email, I'm like, "Wait, what?" But
2: I didn't know that it actually existed. And I said,
0: "No, I've never been." She got very excited. She's like, "Wait a minute! I'm going to show you something." So it was this like cool super. She's like, "Meet me in this obscure corner of Galaxy's Edge. We want to take you up to the lounge. I won't say exactly where it is. You can probably find it on your own. But there is this super secret." out of the way corridor that you go into and if you are a Hewlett Packard Enterprise employee and make the arrangements ahead of time, you can go upstairs to this lounge which is tucked like hidden inside Galaxy. Your face is like, wait, what? You'll never figure it out. Okay. It is it is incredibly it's super hidden away. And when you go upstairs, there is a reception desk up there there is a um and they walk you down this long hallway that is lined with lightsabers dozens and dozens of different lightsabers and there is this beautiful bright lounge that has um like a little like when I say bar area, Becky, don't get excited. But a bar that has like snacks and drinks and coffees and teas, a huge TV that they can do teleconferencing with, or just a place to sort of get away and relax. Super, super, super nice. And it's actually not the only corporate lounge that's here or has been here throughout time. There was a corporate lounge in Spaceship Earth. There was there is well there it's currently an Occupy. There's one in Spaceship Earth, there's one in Test Track. Uh, the one in the Living Seas, which is now used for special events, used to be the corporate lounge for the original corporate sponsor. So there's a number of them tucked away. There's a lounge up in Norway. There's a few of them here and there throughout uh, most of the parks. But again, you do need to be an employee of the current corporate sponsor in order to gain access to it, which I love as a reward for those employees. It doesn't cost anything to go in. It's a place to get out and get away but I love the gift for them that is like this super secret place that they can go into and check out.
2: Yeah, that is really cool. And I've been to all of the other ones, so which we've used for special events as well. Um, when you when they're actually you know not being used for corporate situations, but I had no idea. I, I'd heard that there was possibly something coming. I didn't know it was actually there. So that's very cool.
0: Yeah, it's really neat. And if, when are you taking me? <laughs> I, I cannot take you, but maybe we can find somebody who would be willing to take us so you can go and see. i
2: you for Club 33. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
0: <Jeez. laughs> the next question comes from Terry Long it says, Hey, Lou, love in all capital letters and bold and confetti. Love your podcast. They are so informative and fun. My family and I haven't been to Disney since 2017. We're planning a trip. Yay, there's 15 of us. We try and plan our trips when it's off season. You're beating me to the punch, Terry. It seems like there's no off-season time in Disney anymore. My question is, when do you think is the least crowded time to go to Disney? We are open to any month. Thank you so much. Terry, you're 100% right. Um, If you would have asked us this question 10 years ago, our answer would have been very, very different. The first week in December, the first week in September, early February. Like, there there were historical times where... The crowds weren't just very light, but there were times that it was nearly a ghost town in certain places. I keep telling the story about being in uh, Frontierland during one of these times when I was researching my audio tour. It was an off time. I could have thrown a, a, a pebble from one side of Frontier to the other and not hit anybody. Those times don't really exist anymore, which is a good thing, right? If you're Disney, you don't want downtime. So they've done a lot over the years to not only incentivize guests to come during some of the slower seasons, but that's why the festivals were originally conceived, right? We talked about this, I think, on an earlier email show. It was to sort of help attract guests during the slower times. Attracting international guests during the slow times also has been another way. So now there are slight dips in schedules and i think historically the slower times and you can sort of you can sort of map it out based on school schedules so when the kids are in schools is probably some of the better times to go if there is a school holiday or if it's summer those you know that uh, that that mountain peak of the the graph is going to go very very high um Whether you choose to take your children out of school is, is, you know, depending on how old they are, I was taken out of school when I was very, very young um, and I I turned out okay. Um, I think you also have to think about special events and holidays. And, And I think, Becky, too, I think some of the old trends still hold relatively true in terms of September being a great month because kids are fresh back in school. You're not taking your kids out of school. There are no school holidays so it is, it has been, and just like that, that first week in December, but then you start looking at things like, well, wait a minute, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is now in September, and Halloween Horror Nights, and Food and Wine Festival, and Flower and Garden, so those things that used to sort of help the slow seasons are now more
2: attractors. Correct, where September used to be the go-to month for those who felt comfortable about taking their kids out of school or not. And it, it was getting a little cooler. It wasn't as hot as August. But then the moment that Mickey's Not So Scary came into play, and that starts around now August 20th or sometimes a little earlier, that kind of threw that as being a slow time out the window. And now we're kind of seeing the slower times, if there is one, as I say in, in hand gestures of quotation. That right after, or right after President's Day through the first bit of um, of February tends to be the slower. Now, um, believe it or not, there's sometimes in May that can now find that that slower time. But other than that, you're pretty much going to see crowded times of course the least or the the most crowded times are going to be anytime kids are out of school or any holiday breaks so if you can just avoid those you're probably going to be on pretty good track
0: yeah and, and this there's no sort of hard and fast rule but like mid-january to early to mid-february is usually pretty good as long as you start to avoid the presidents just like early march like the first week in week and a half of march is good and attention where Easter is. right late April like right once you're sort of past Easter um, you know late 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 August as especially in Florida as kids start going back to school and also think too if you're able to travel not on weekends but weekdays right so like yes. weekdays like in November minus Thanksgiving and weekdays in December minus as you start getting close to Christmas, are still traditionally relatively slower days, but you have to determine what you're able to do with school schedules, with work schedules, etc. as I understand certainly you know teachers and some things you can only vacation at certain times a year.
2: Right Right now we're still in the revenge travel period, seriously. <laughs> Where people are just booking travel like crazy. That's going to slow (laughs) down. I'm going to show you. I'm going to take a vacation. That's exactly what it's called in the industry right now because everybody is traveling no matter when, how or why. We expect that to calm down, hopefully sometime in 2024. So what we're seeing right now might change a little bit over time. But even right now, if you were to look at availability for October of later this year, which is several months from now, you're going to have a hard time finding rooms available because people have... Wanted to return back to Disney and several people have still waited a little bit past more of the pandemic, even though uh, mandates have been lifted here for quite some time. They're just now feeling comfortable about doing so. So people are planning their vacations and this year they're planning them all at the same time or so it seems. So if you're looking to maybe get lower rates, possibly if they're going to come down, of course, because everything is priced on supply and demand, um, watch
0: the trends and then book accordingly. And I'm not saying it because you're here, I would say even if you weren't here, but this is why having like a travel advisor who knows these trends, who knows, hey, you might not realize it's a race weekend. So there's huge and we're here on a race weekend. There is very, very high demand. This might be one that you want to avoid because the rates are higher. It will sort of help you in sort of not only planning, but the budgeting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We can watch those trends. We're, we have our fingers on the pulse of what the prices are doing, what the availability is doing. And I heard it around all over uh, this, this last week. People were saying, oh, my gosh, I had no idea it was a race weekend because they weren't informed. So if you work with somebody like us, we can help
0: you avoid the situations like we've got this week. And I prefer makeup travel as opposed to revenge travel. It just sounds it sounds kinder and sweeter.
2: It's industry jargon right now and it's called Wait,
0: revenge travel. As a just a quick aside, we're sitting outside of the Bellevue Lounge on the second floor of Disney's boardwalk. Resort. We're sangria. sitting out Becky has Sangria, you can tell. But we're sitting outside, it is a golden hour, the sun is setting, the temperature is coming down, and we're overlooking it's like a park, right? This wonderful green space just in between the, you know, sort of the U-shaped center portion of Disney's Boardwalk Resort. There are families out there. They're playing games. They're they're um, they're playing cornhole. We just we looked at each other. It was like, wait a minute, we smell something burning. Mm-hmm. Like they're making schmoes, s'mores, schmo schmoes. Shmo- <laughs> sh- sm- <laughs> the screen is up for the nighttime movie. We're right by like. This is what it's all about. Like this is why you choose like certain resorts. It's why coming to a place like the Boardwalk is so nice. It's not just because of the access to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. It's not just. It's because of things like this, and then, and most of the resorts do things like this. Always keep in mind, especially if you have kids. It's not like you use the word commando. You don't have to be commando style to have a Disney vacation that is relaxing Mm -hmm. and enjoyable and look at those kids right making s'mores now i now i can't even now i can't say it the right way (laughs) (laughs) right they're making (laughs) s'mores like they're just playing (laughs) games like i love i'm gonna cry a little bit because my kids are too old for this now but i absolutely love it because it feels like a park
2: first of all you're never too old for Hmm. (laughs) s'mores it is a thing and we may have to go down there after we're done here but um A a trend that we did see, especially after pandemic and things were raised, is people were coming to the resorts and just staying at the resorts. The theme park was secondary to their stay we were getting more people asking about the pools and asking about what other things were going on here and i love that i love the fact that there's so much going on at the resort itself that you don't have to go running into a theme park and run around like mad uh, out there and stand in line and and do all the things that are you know kind of difficult about a theme park vacation you can just come and stay at the resort and enjoy the pool and enjoy the things that are going on like
0: like the Surrey bikes. We were out here the other night. We had sort of had a late night meeting, eating meeting, at the boardwalk. The magicians and the jugglers were out there. There was the boardwalk entertainment. Like, it's one of the reasons why I, I like this resort, and and all of the resorts have something like that too. that so always make sure when you stay, and as you're choosing different resorts, that you really take advantage of the resort offerings. Every resort at, at um, when you check in, I don't know if they still have, if they all have paper ones anymore but on your app you should be able to find a lot of the different resort activities and,
2: and a great example of uh, some of the things that we're counseling some families on is when you come here if you're trying to be on a budget or you want to save a little money think about the things that are going on at the resort and then don't worry about park hopper tickets go to one park a day and when you're done with that park come here and enjoy these types of activities so there, there are strategies
0: to be. i'm going to reach out to the ww radio nation if I remember when I get home, and see if if I can find one or two folks to join me on like a top ten things to do at the resorts, things that you don't need a ticket for, but things that maybe you don't even realize that you can do, like the movies, like the s'mores, the mm-hmm. campfire sing-alongs that they have the at night, walks, the, yeah, the other things that, that you can do around the, the horse hotel. and buggy rides. I mean, we're sort of doing the top ten right now, yeah. but
2: right. exactly, yeah. I want to be on that show by the okay. way. Okay, my you know.
0: She's she's very angry. Uh, can we have a water? No more. She's. I'm cutting Becky. I'm officially cutting Becky off. A, Seven like sangrias orange, is enough.
2: I have an orange slice in here. So <laughs> that's dinner.
0: Does anybody have any orange slices? What movie?
2: I know that, and I can't picture it all of a sudden. Orange slices.
0: Does anybody have any orange yes. slices?
2: I know what movie it is, and I can't. Th- I don't know. All
0: right. We'll move on. If you know it post it. it all right one more question before we wrap things up because becky's she's she's starting to walk towards the s'mores right now uh perrin olsen says and i'm reading this verbatim lou and queen of walt disney world oh, travel her majesty becky i love
2: this person
0: hoping this gets my questions picked yes it did it clearly worked <laughs> I love the podcast and try and catch your Wednesday night shows on Facebook as often as I can. Thanks to listening to your podcast over the past few years. (laughs) You just Googled it. It doesn't count. I want to travel to all the Disney parks across the globe. Japan, we're coming for you. My question, show idea for you and Becky is, assuming my family won the lottery, what would a trip to visit all of the Disney parks look like? (laughs) Things to consider. Which park do you visit first? How long do you stay? What are the must-sees? How many I mean this is like this is a 17 episode answer, but what to cost and what park do you end with? To officially hit all the parks, would you also include a trip to Castaway Key? I mean, listen, you won the lottery, why not? What cruise would you suggest? And final question, would you be interested in being our tour guides and joining the fun? Yes. And- that is an absolute <laughs> yes. I'd love and to again. hear the answers personally. If you want to tailor it to me winning the lottery, I live in New Orleans, yay, with my wife and two girls, the Jason five and seven. We go to Walt Disney World every 18 months or so. Cruise on the Wonder in February and haven't made it to any other Disney parks yet. Thank you in advance for dreaming with me. Perrin, this is the fun part, right? (laughs) Even if you're not necessarily able to do it, um, it is fun to dream. And whatever, like anybody in my family talks about winning the lottery, I'm like, why don't you work harder for it instead of worrying about trying to win the lottery? Getting the scratch-offs is not a future career move. Um, So... He asks a very, very broad, sort of, it overreaching... It could be an entire... It could be, entire, it it could
2: be the 20-hour show. We can definitely...
0: Slow. That. Yeah, Becky's already planning for the 20th anniversary of uh, WW Radio. But yes. we'll. So, you know, what would a trip to visit all the parks be like? It would be very long, and it would be... It would be a little pricey. It would be a little expensive. <laughs> but let's just sort of... Because we won't go down the, the super long rabbit hole... How would you do it? Because I actually think, I think this question is actually missing a few elemental pieces to it. So let's sort of just talk this out. Where to start? I think you start where, do you start where you're most familiar or do you end where you're most familiar? So I think this is the way that I would do it. I would start in Disneyland. Disneyland. I would start where it all started, right? So you have the foundation of your future trip that started with Walt, that started with Mickey, you start there. From there, go west, young man. But whoa, 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 slow down. You don't, don't, you, do not pass go, do not pass Aulani. It's a good sort of layover in between here and your next stop. I would go from here, I'd go from Disneyland to Aulani, mm-hmm. chill for a couple days because you're going to have a, a very exciting few weeks ahead of you. From there, I would then go to Hong Kong. Then I'd go to Shanghai. They're right next to each other. They're <laughs> like right next door.
2: <clears throat> it's okay, a, go ahead, go ahead, planes go
0: in both directions. <laughs> There's a reason why. Okay. Because I think Hong Kong is a small park. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then you move up to that next layer and level, which I think Shanghai I think Tokyo Disney Sea of the Asian parks is the best of the best of the best, period. I think, especially because of Tokyo Disney Sea and because it's Japan, I would give extra time, extra attention to um, Tokyo. From there, I would go, I would continue west to Paris. I would return to the United States. Would I, would I do a Disney cruise first? Yes, I would do a Disney cruise first. So you could hit Castaway, you can sort of come down, sort of reacclimate to sort of the time zone, because your body clock's gonna be all <laughs> kinds of messed up at this point. And then I would finish in Walt Disney World.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say hello and thank you to Walt in Disneyland, and I would finish in the place that I, maybe you, call home, which is Walt Disney World. Okay.
2: Shh, don't tell anybody, but we may have talked about this once or twice <laughs> about how we could pull off doing a trip all the way around the globe and doing that. So the way that you laid it out is pretty much exactly what we've discussed in the past of how we would do it if we could do it. But you made a funny face
0: when I said Hong Kong and Shanghai, then Tokyo.
2: Uh, because I'm thinking of time. So if you're going from Hawaii, going up to Shanghai, Hong Kong and across, mm. it's just – it. it I'm thinking of how um, flight patterns are and that type of thing
0: sometimes. Your hand gestures are very confusing. I (laughs) I don't necessarily think those (laughs) – I don't think you're pointing to the (laughs) map.
2: It doesn't matter as much. But, But then again, there's some thought process to, yes, where you go from small park to Alani to small park to bigger park. It could actually make more sense to go from small park to Alani to big park. Now you're backtracking. Track. Oh, you're doing a no. I'm not backtracking. If you're going to you're Hong to Kong, no. If you go from Alanya to Shanghai to Hong Kong, that's and then to Japan. So it's it's actually kind of what are you doing? I'm pulling up Google Maps <laughs> for you. <laughs> uh,
0: no. <laughs> no, we're both like googling <laughs> maps. So it, Japan uh, maps. I mean, the the small park versus bigger park. That's right, but it, but the, the distance between. Shanghai and Hong Kong. Whether you're going left to right, east to west, north, but it doesn't I'm really matter. That much. Small park to big park,
2: rather than do small park, small park, big park, small park, big park. I mean, Shanghai's
0: not small. I mean,
2: Shanghai's. Well, that's what I'm saying. Go instead of go. So, Disneyland, Hong Shanghai. Kong,
0: Hong Kong is small. Yeah. Shanghai's medium.
2: Disneyland, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Tokyo, Disneyland Paris. But you don't know Disneyland Paris yet because you haven't seen it yet. Which is kind of exciting. So as soon as you see that, you'll probably make a you know a little bit
0: more informed decision about that. But just it still is where it is. <laughs> like it's not going to change me going there, Becky. is not going to change where it is I on the map. Know
2: that.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm, I feel like Gamora right now. I understand that, um, but I'm thinking of of the park size because you're, if you do Shanghai first, you're going to have more time there right it's a larger park to explore there's more to do there than hong kong so if you go from disneyland to shanghai then you're going small park to medium park to small park to large park i don't know just i guess how um if if you're going to do this in six or eight weeks how to best divide the times you're also getting some relaxation in because i've seen some people do or try to do hit all the parks across the world. And then they just like land in a park and go in for one day and then hit, you know, get on a plane and go to another park. I, if you won the lottery and you had the money, I'd be spending some time there. I'd be spending five days in Disneyland and then three days at Elani and five days at Shanghai and three days
0: at, at, well, you also have to ask yourself, well, wait a minute. If if I'm going to hang Hong Kong, am I going to spend time in Hong? If I'm going to Japan, You need to spend time in Japan. Yeah. (laughs)
2: You're going to be like, I need three weeks in Japan, please. I I think you
0: do yourself a disservice if you visit a foreign country and not visit the country itself.
2: I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Um, There's so many things. And and one of the things that I love about Disney, and and I get it. I know that Disney fans are very loyal to the Disney brand and love Disney parks and have a tendency to visit Disney every single year, but that's one of the reasons why they have adventures by Disney and now in that geo and Disney cruise line. So you can still be part of the Disney brand, but experience other things that this, this wonderful big blue planet has to offer different cultures, different food, different, um, different locations, different types of countries. It's, it's an amazing thing when you get to travel and see China and see Japan and see France and all the places that we've been so blessed to visit in our travels, um, to understand the rest of the cultures that are on this planet that we all share. Um, I think travel really opens up your, your mind and, and is an education on levels that you can never get in school. Um. And I hope others take advantage of this. So, when you do go to Shanghai, or if you're able to, or go to Tokyo Disney Sea, um, that you do spend some time not only in Tokyo, but go off into the, the areas and take the train down to, um, to Kyoto and experience the, the places and the tastes and the sights and the sounds
0: of a culture that you may have never experienced, besides the food. I don't know why when you're trying to open your mind, all I can hear is the line from Quato: Open your mind. What movie? Oh
2: my God. Open I no idea. your mind. Ant Man. 1990. <laughs> 1990? What?
0: Wait, what? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh huh. And Quadro. <gasps> Quay. Yes,
1: Quay. Open your mind.
0: <laughs> Quay. What is it? What is it? Stop Googling. <laughs> Stop. No, it Um, um, Yes, yes! Yep. that one. <laughs> for those of you screaming at home, it's total recall.
2: <laughs> it
0: is of course I'm sorry, I'm a nerd. I don't really get out uh, all that often. You're, you're so scary. Becky, if you can visit one Disney Park Dude, for one for one hour. Where do you go and what do you do?
2: And I'm looking at the map, and I'm right. Um, (laughs) It's like I'm right. I'm going to show you. Yes, I I know. Shanghai. I know. Hong Kong. But look, they're literally like right next door. They're not right next door. Do you? You remember? might as well hop over to Taiwan in between. Remember? Do you remember how long it took us to fly from there to there?
0: You don't remember.
2: I'm not. You're just totally thinking about.
0: It doesn't matter. Listen, all I know is we're going on this trip with him. We're going to be gone for like two months. I can't wait. This
2: is true. One
0: hour in any Disney park around the world.
2: Shh! Forgot something.
0: We forgot an element because
2: obviously it's going to take a while to to win the lottery, right? So we're going to have no. Actually, it happens pretty quickly, like when you. Win. Shh, 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 shh. Quiet. Just go with me here, because they Tim might. Foster is going to literally sue you for saying that. Whatever. <laughs> that's that's a whole other story. So, it with with some time, there's probably going to be a Disney ship in Asia. So say that there's the Disney ship in Asia. Then you do the Chinese parks, and then you do the ship from Asia, and then you do Tokyo.
0: One hour, any Disney park around the world. Where do you go and what do you do? Disney Sea. And what do you do?
2: Oh my gosh, I have to have, I have to eat at the Volcano Place. What, what, is, what is that restaurant called? Volcania, whatever it's called. I, I love that restaurant.
0: She just called it Volcania. Volcano's
2: right. You know I'm right. Oh, and then you can. It's volcanic, but that's okay. whatever it is. <laughs>
0: Remember the little mochi aliens? We're so excited. The I'm little so green excited. men, alien mochi.
2: Those were like the best thing ever. And yeah, I'm looking forward. To that. If you
0: could ride one attraction on any Disney park around the world, what would it be? Ooh. Because my answer changes now. Mine kind of does too. If I could ride one attraction, it's Mystic Manor. Really? Yeah. That would be your choice. Yep. I... Don't make faces like <laughs> it. Don't don't mock my choice.
2: I'm st- I'm still in love with pirates over there. Uh, just just that. Remember that immersive feeling, and you felt like you were underwater, and I I loved that. I absolutely.
0: But loved then it. you ride Mystic Manor, and then there's that like sea themed restaurant. Oh, that was cool. great. Right? Yeah. That's very cool. That's true.
2: But again, I'm not. That's. A, but what if could I could I only had... visit
0: one park, right. it would be Tokyo Disney Yeah. City. Shanghai is north of. I I I know where it is on the map. It doesn't mean planes don't go both ways. It does. Just, it's just it doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> why these things matter? Becky, if you go to Shanghai first, you still have to go that way and then go back the other way. It's
2: So much fun! It is so much fun. She's, to, to, Becky doesn't understand air, air, air
0: travel. I, my this is why my brain hurts. It's why it's the last question it's of the day. I can't move forward from here. So much fun! But I would you. love to hear. Why do you like torturing me? I'm not a bad person. Um, this is why. Um, I, Perrin. Thank you very much for that question. That was a
2: great question. It is. We're all in with you. And we're gonna put we're, we're
0: going. gonna put this one in the uh, in the clubhouse as well. If you, our friend, if you're still here and you have a question, you could email me Lou at WWRadio.com. If you have a uh, thoughts, something you want to share about any of these questions, you can leave it in the clubhouse or call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. And if you want to go to any of these destinations, you can go and visit mousefantravel.com for your free, no obligation quotes and help and friendly advice at no cost to you from the wonderful and brilliant and oh very friendly advisors at Mouse Van Travel. Absolutely. .com.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And again, I want to just press that point because we still hear people saying, Why should I use a travel agent? Because it's going to cost me more money. And it does not. We charge no fees, zero fees for our services. So you're going to pay what you're going to pay direct, but then you're going to get an advocate. You're going to get somebody that's going to help you avoid the tough times.
0: You know what you can do with those fees? You can get yourself one thing to eat in any Disney park around the world. What is it?
2: <laughs> Little Mochi Green Man. <laughs> I love those little mochi green men. It was amazing. Are you, cattail.
0: The cattail is good, but do you remember that sort of that that bacon wrapped rice thing outside of the Tower of Terror in Tokyo Disney Sea? We had like six of them. All the popcorn, flavored popcorn. Like all the
2: popcorn. It's like 17 different flavors of popcorn, and you have to go to the different carts
0: to get the different flavors. Remember the one that tasted like spaghetti? Yes. It was like spaghetti popcorn. They, they call it basil or something? Like, like tomatoes. Tomato, it was like a tomato basil.
2: basil. Yeah, but it was like spaghetti. It was, spaghetti. It, it was flat out spaghetti.
0: And then we went into the queue of Soren, which is so different than the queues here yeah. with the 3D stuff. I can't wait for Perrin to take us on this trip. I'm very excited. I'm gonna go start packing now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Becky just left she's on her way for Schmoes. <laughs> Becky, don't push the child out of the way, there's enough for everybody. Smite you, young for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see, hear, remember maybe even taste if you think you know the answer you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package and this week's trivia contest is once again brought to you by you because as part of the WWO Nation family, you help bring every episode of the show to life, every live broadcast, the contests and giveaways, they're all thanks to, by, for, with, and about you. And you can find out how you can help the show and our Dream Team project, which benefits the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America for as little as a dollar per month and get exclusive rewards every month like scavenger hunts, group video calls, access to our private Facebook group, shirts, stickers, monthly care packages from the parks, early access and discounts to special events and much more by visiting www.radio.com support. I want to thank some new and longtime members of the nation family, including Starla Malloy, Kenneth Puccia, JS and Ali and family. I'm incredibly grateful to and for you and want to personally welcome you into the nation family again, to find out more and join the nation visit www.radio.com slash support. Of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back review last week and select our winner. So last week, we were talking about the top 10-ish restrooms in Walt Disney World. And I asked you to tell me what the restrooms in Galaxy's Edge on the planet of Batuu, what are they called because they're not actually referred to as restrooms in Galaxy's Edge. Congratulations if you played, got this one correct, and knew that the answer was refreshers. So the restrooms are known as refreshers, and actually the water fountains are known as hydrators. And if you need any help learning some of the other lingo and references and translating some of the words written in Star Wars languages of Arabesh or Huttese, in Batu, you can go to your datapad, which is your phone, open up the free Play Disney app, click on the Galaxy's Edge datapad, which is a mobile app created specifically for when you go to Black Spire Outpost and really sort of makes this a, an immersive ...role-playing almost experience, you'll be able to type in the words and translate them right in the app. You can also ask some of the cast members, I mean residents of Batu, ...to teach you some of the more common phrases and lingo that is used throughout the outpost. And bonus tip, if your young child has to get out of the queue while waiting for Smuggler's Run... ...to use the refresher, you can actually ask for a refresher pass from a cast member who should be able to give you one so you don't have to wait in line all over again. So back to the question, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week you were playing for a WWE Radio mug, a pin, and a mystery prize that I went and got for you from Batu. And last week's winner, randomly selected, is Anne Campbell. So Anne, congratulations. I will get your prize package out to you right away, If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next non-restroom-related question. So since I mistakenly ruined the nanny chair question, this week I want you to tell me what is the name or the type of the chandelier in the boardwalk lobby. It has a very specific name to it. And just as a quick aside, since I can't share more details in the question about the nanny chairs, these are actually reproductions that were cast from originals around 1889 or so they were hand-painted and then highlighted with gold leaf and then the Imagineers who were involved in the creation of the reproductions put their names on the back of each chair and those names were Todd and Paul but the ones that are in the lobby right now have two different names on it the names on the chairs in the lobby now are Carrie and Kylie I'm going to go out on a limb and take a wild, random, I have no information, guess that maybe those are the names of the daughters of Todd and Paul. If you know exactly who Carrie and Kylie are, I would love to know the exact facts surrounding it. But back to this week's question, what is the name or the type of chandelier in the boardwalk lobby you have until Sunday, March 5th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the form there. Again, this week, you're going to play for a WW Radio mug pin, and you know what? I'll throw in another mystery prize as well. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in this and every week Please come be part of the community and conversation and talk not just about this week's show, but anything that you want to discuss in the Disney, Marvel, or Star Wars universe over in the WW Radio Clubhouse at wWradio.com slash clubhouse. You can also connect with me elsewhere on social. I'm at Lou Mangiello on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also call the voicemail. i play it on the air with a question, comment, or just a hello from the parks at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. And of course, as much as I love connecting and talking with you online, I still believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. Thanks to everyone who came out this past weekend for Princess Half Marathon Weekend. Whether you walked, ran, wogged, jogged, volunteered, wheeled, cheered, congratulations. And I'm so grateful for the incredible turnout we had at this past weekend's Meet of the Month at Disney's Hollywood Studios. To find out about other upcoming Meets of the Month and other special events, visit the events page at www.radio.com events. And speaking of very, very special events I want to announce and share with you something that we've never, ever done before. I'd like to invite you to join me on our very first WW Radio Not Geo Expedition Danube Christmas Markets River Cruise this December 9th through the 16th. On this eight-day river cruise, we will start in Budapest, Hungary, move to Bratislava, Vienna, Austria, Wachau Valley, Salzburg, Austria, Passau, Germany, and end in Munich. And this is unlike a regular Disney cruise. This is a small ship with only 156 guests in 79 staterooms. On the Ama Viola, which is a small, intimate, twin-balcony ship with a lot of Personal space, multiple dining choices, sun deck, walking track, pool, swim-up bar, and even bicycles available on board for in-port exploration. But the star of this cruise is not the ship, but really it is the destinations where we go through Central Europe and explore and enjoy a number of different Christmas markets along the banks of the Danube River. More importantly, we'll be guided by a National Geographic expert and a National Geographic photography expert who are going to give us not only rare behind-the-scenes perspectives, but teach us how to shoot day and nighttime photos. And with a variety of daily excursions that we can choose from, you can tailor the trip to fit your own wishes. For example, in Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia, we're going to go on a guided walk through St. Martin's Cathedral, stroll through the cobblestone streets to the old town hall, Wander through the Christmas markets, then go off on a food tour. In Vienna, you can choose to take a special behind-the-scenes tour of Vienna's Museum of Natural History, led by a National Geographic grantee and curator of the museum. To learn more, see the full itinerary as well as photos of some of the destinations and the Amaviola ship, and get a free no-obligation quote from our friends over at MouseFan Travel, visit www.radio.com nat Geo 23 and we currently have an exclusive rate discount with a $750 savings off per person, off direct rates. Those are only available until May 1st. So if you're interested, I suggest getting a no obligation quote or booking now because some staterooms are starting to sell out. I have never done this before, but I have heard nothing but amazing things about river cruising. And what I love is that not only are the destinations going to be the stars, but it is this smaller, more intimate ship we have than that guides, And you really don't have to worry about anything because Pretty much everything is already included. Your meals, there's an all-day tapas menu, afternoon tea, coffee station, drinks, reception, cocktail hours, lectures, all your onboard entertainment, all your excursions and activities, the entrance fees, the ground transportation, airport transfers, etc. It is all already included. Again, to learn more, to get a quote, visit wwwnatgeo slash natgeo23.com. I cannot wait to take and share this adventure or this Nat Geo expedition with you. We already have a nice group of WW Radio community members booked on board. And if you have any questions, again, you can use the form at www.radio.com slash Nat Geo 23. And switching gears just a little bit, but staying in the event space, I have just two spots remaining. For my Momentum Weekend Retreat, April 28th through 30th, this is a three-day, two-night event where 10 like-minded entrepreneurs get together in a luxury vacation home for a transformative mastermind retreat where we strategize, prioritize, and execute. We talk about your ideas, your obstacles. We help you prioritize and create an actual plan going forward. And we build in time over the weekend to help you start making meaningful progress while you have Momentum. It's a focused, fun environment, and to ensure you focus only on you and the event, I take care of all the details. And your investment in the retreat includes 2 nights' stay in the vacation home, everybody gets their own private room, group meals Friday, Saturday, and breakfast Sunday, dedicated time in the quote-unquote hot seat to work on you and your business, all the retreat materials, lifetime access to our online mastermind group for ongoing support and discussion and resources, And snacks. I'm also going to take care to make sure there is enough snacks as well. To learn more and secure your spot, you know what? I'm actually going to extend. I'm going to extend the Super Early Bird special to give you $200 off. It expired February 25th. I'm actually going to extend it until Monday, March 6th. So if you're interested, you only have one week left to take advantage of the extended Super Early Bird discount. Again, to learn more, secure your spot, visit loumangelo.com slash retreat or reach out to me, lou at www.radio.com if you have any questions. Also be sure to subscribe to the free WW Radio newsletter, which will be delivered to your inbox every week with updates, exclusive content, and the latest information about upcoming events, live broadcasts, including this week. I'll be live not once, not twice, but possibly three times as I'll be joined by my very special guest, ridley pearson the author of the kingdom keeper series of books this week and on saturday i'll be joining ridley for his signing in disney springs on saturday morning and by signing up you can also immediately download a free copy of my 102 things to do in walt disney world at least once so you can get the free book the weekly updates and more just by visiting www.radio.com and finding the newsletter sign up form right on the home page and if you like what you hear, and I hope that you do, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Tell a friend. Share a link to this or your favorite episode on social. Take a screenshot while you're listening. Share it on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Tag me, at Lou I'll be sure to reshare it and follow you back. And if you can, take just a couple of seconds to rate and review the show over an Apple podcast. You can get there easily by going to www.radio.com Apple. It is incredibly helpful. Very, very much appreciated. I want to quickly thank some recent reviewers like Brew1018 who says, What can I say that already hasn't been said? I love this show. I've been a listener since my wife and I introduced our daughters to Walt Disney World 10 plus years ago. Lou feels like an old friend yet we've never met. And he's the voice I listen to when I need to feel the comforts of Disney. Just a fun show on all things Disney and a direct link to the nostalgia that powers my love for the company since my first visit to Walt Disney World in 1985. I've moved away from the East Coast and now more than ever, I rely on this show to help keep me happily connected to one of my favorite places. Great conversation, great guests, and great topics. This show is my antidote for the negativity in the world. Thanks, Lou and guests, Lisa, Becky, and everyone. Brew1018, thank you, man. I sincerely appreciate such a thoughtful and kind review and I hope that we can... Fix the fact that we haven't met yet on one of your upcoming trips to Walt Disney World. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love and appreciate you so very much. If there's anything I can ever do for you to express my gratitude and appreciation, please reach out and let me know. I hope that this week's show and the show and the community and the live shows on Wednesday night not only connect you to a place that you know and you love and you enjoy and it puts a smile on your face and maybe inspires you a little bit to pursue the thing that you love and want to do in this world, to be the positive light and change that you want to see and to choose the good in everything and to everyone that you meet along the way. I love you. I appreciate you. So until next time... See ya.
1: Hey Lou Mangiello, this is Patrice Roberti from Boston, Mass. And I know that soon you're going to be headed on your trip to Italy. As I understand it, I think I heard this right, it's your first trip to Italy. And I think you also said that your father always wanted to go but never got there. So it is my dearest hope for you. And thanks for all the great podcasts I've been listening to over the past six months and your great spirit great energy and enthusiasm. It is my dearest hope for you that you have the best time in Italy, and I hope that you get some sign, some coincidence, some something, that your father and your mother, but especially your father, because you spoke of him, that your parents and especially your father are with you there sharing the moment with you. I hope you get that. You deserve it. Have a great trip. Bon voyage. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Keith calling from Sacramento, California, and i um, been a long-time listener, first-time caller, um, but I really enjoyed your latest episode about uh, best bathrooms in Walt Disney World. Uh, since I'm a West Coast Disney boy, I um, figured I would give you a few honorable mentions for Disneyland. Um, one of my best bathrooms is in Tomorrowland, uh just by the train station on the other side of Interventions. I think it's called Star Wars Launch Bay now, but I always know it as Interventions. So kind of tucked in there. Uh it's kind of shady. There's not exactly seating, but you know, it's kind of tucked in out of the way. Uh, the next best bathroom in Disneyland Park, in my opinion, would be uh right outside of Plaza Inn, kind of tucked in there just before you enter Tomorrowland again. So I guess I'm a little Tomorrowland-centric on my bathrooms within Disneyland Park, but they're usually pretty clean, and I think they fit with the theming of Tomorrowland, whether you like it or not. Um, and then to jump over to uh Disney's California Adventure, I think the best bathrooms in California Adventure are in Cars Land. They have the best theming of bathrooms, in my opinion. Um, also, there's a nice little courtyard with some seating outside. So, you know, if you have a big group or, you know, somebody needs to go in and you don't, you have to have a place to relax. It's shady there. And, of course, it's Cars Land. So it's Radiator Springs. Um, and then my second uh, for DCA, if you're leaving through um, the Grand Californian uh, entrance and exit way there, there are bathrooms immediate to your left, right by um, the GCH Craftsman Bar. So if you're going back to the Grand or the Disneyland Hotel or Paradise Pier, and, you know, you can't quite make it, they're right there. They're really nice. They're well-themed to the hotel, of course. Uh, but those are kind of my two favorite, uh, at least on the the DCA side of things. So those are your honorable mentions for Disneyland. Uh, Tomorrowland, Plaza Inn on the Disneyland side. And then Cars Land and the grand uh the G C H Craftsman bar bathrooms. So I just figured I would give you those. Thank you so much. Uh keep up the great work. Love the show. Bye Bye.